Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You've got the gig. You don't have to fake laugh at everything I say. You don't have to Ed McMahon it. You don't have to Robin Quivers it. You can, you know, like you can, you can legitimately, you know, laugh or or ignore because not all my jokes are winners. No, they're I, not. I, In fact, there's right, a lot of losers. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, some some like some clang off the rim, much like your Nets over there. Yeah, much like my Brooklyn Nets and yes. uh, James Harden, one of the great Brooklyn Nets of our time. When they retire his number, and I'm sure they're gonna. You think they'll do it at a strip club? Will the ceremony be at a strip club, <laughs> or will it? Or, or you think it'll actually? be in the stadium. It'd have to be a bad strip club to represent James Harden's time with the Nets, but, uh, but that would be the one if, if the legends are true, like he's a, anyway, He's whatever. an all-timer. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Happy Friday and welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I'm Connor Rogers alongside Matthew Berry and Roto World's Pat Corain yes. joining us for the full show today. Yes, what we like to do with Pat is we like, it's a little bit of where's Waldo. He's, he's behind the bar, he's here, he's there, he's everywhere. We were lucky enough to get Pat here for the entire show. So welcome, Pat. Good to yeah, have you, brother. Yeah. Very good to have you. Um, is it know, because Jaden like all your jokes it does seem suspicious we yeah. shipped jay off back to australia oh, so we'll wow. see we'll see if uh we'll see if jay gets here um no, no listen um jay should be back on sunday as well but pat crane star of ship chasing massive hit huge internet hit i'm sure you're a big fan i'm sure I you're in the never in the, the discord talking yes. all the all the yeah exactly yeah, but um, we can get you in there yeah. so uh <laughs> shout out to shout out to ship chasing shout out to you connor pat we appreciate you joining us and me in a fartman costume by the way, love that as well. Well, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a massive Stern fan. Have been for years and years and years. So I like the Photoshop of, uh, of me in the uh, Fartman costume and Jay uh, as Robin Quivers. So I'm just glad Australia has their first and only Nets fan of it, the entire country's history. God bless. Yes. All right. So we're also thankful for a little bit of a what we thought would be a better matchup for Thursday night football. Yes. Not a close game. Actually, not even as close as the 24-10 score would indicate. But obviously very fantasy relevant. And let's kick it off right with the Buffalo Bills because, guys, people forget James Cook was drafted after only Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker. Mm-hmm. He was drafted before guys like Damian Pierce. There were expectations for James Cook Before this guys year. like Brian Robinson. Can't Comeback player him. of the year, Brian Robinson. On? My Washington Commanders. Your Washington yes, Commanders. Yes. So there's been a lot of hope for the James Cook uh, breakout, I would say, and last night felt like the first taste of that. A season-high 20 touches. Previous was 12. You know, he's now had 85 yards from scrimmage in two of the last three games. 
He's averaging 6.3 yards per touch this season. You compare that with Devin Singletary's 4.9. You see the numbers on your screen right there comparing what Singletary and Cook did last night. Devin Singletary gets the cheap touchdown, and still James Cook had the better fantasy day. James Cook did not get into the end zone, and yet still five points better, 16.5 to 11.1, Pat. And just to the eye test, guys, looked like the better running back, looked like the more explosive guy, the better fit for that offense, which wants to play up-tempo, which obviously has a lot of different things that they do, especially given the mobility of Josh Allen. Like, James Cook was your, like, okay – Why'd you trade for Naheem Hines? Exactly. That was my yes, take. Exactly. Like, well, what, what's the ghost of Naheem Hines doing here when you've got this guy? Special teams, baby. <laughs> I mean, I'm, that's something. Hines got some run, though. Hines yeah. got a, a goal like here. But what was your take, Pat? Because I... No, that's my take, too. I, seeing Naheem Hines out there was kind of frustrating because it's like, are you trying to justify this trade? Justify the pick you spent on James Cook instead because yeah. that, that's going to be much easier to do. He looks great. Completely agree with you about the eye test. I love the stats. We don't really need the stats here. James Cook is explosive, and he gives this offense exactly what they need in the rushing game. You've got Josh Allen passing attack. You want an explosive rushing element as well. He gives you that. He also gives you a receiving element. He has 2.13 yards per outrun this season, which is an elite mark for a running back. So he's delivering on what he was drafted to do. And what the Bills have been searching for for years, an explosive receiving element. You know, just um, listen, because, you know, what we're trying to do with Pat is class up the joint. You know what I mean? Because you got me. I'm, I'm a moron. Connor's even dumber. He's just got better hair. That's true. But I just you're like apart. you're one of these brainy guys, and so um, so when you say two point, I think you said two point one three three targets per route run, right? Uh, yards per route run. Yards per route yeah. run. Thank you. Sorry, two point one three three yards per route run. So give for listeners or viewers at home, give a quickly just some context on that stat, and then like a comp to that number is comparable to. So like that's kind of where Christian McCaffrey would expect it to be, or right. like peak Alvin Kamara. Now it's a small sample, so we're yes, not going to you know always oh, Alvin Kamara, but that's the level of explosiveness in the passing game that he's delivering right now. Right. Yeah, so, that's that's a big number. That a big, is a big time number for James Cook. Obviously, the six catches you love to see it. With the wide receiver situation, no surprise. Stephon Diggs goes off. Stephon Diggs, what he does. Gabe Davis. And before we move off the running backs, you know, listen, James Cook, obviously he's played, but he's going to be a very popular waiver wire ad here. But I also think the other takeaway is here is if you've been riding Devin Singletary, like, you should be very nervous. Like, I I think he's going to be moving forward after the the performance by Cook. Devin Singletary is a touchdown-dependent flex. I I mean, right? I mean, like, you're going to need – He's going to need a touchdown to pay off, and just how lucky do you feel? As they're clearly using – Cook is getting more and more comfortable with this offense, earning more and more trust from Josh Allen, and so you're going to see him play even more snaps. Again, this is the first game where he played over 30% of the snaps all season long. He played 43, you know, in a game they won handily. And like, everything he was asked to do, he did and did well. So uh, I would be nervous if I had Devin Singletary. All right. Moving over to their wide receiver, Stephon Diggs. Uh, classic night from Stephon Diggs. I think more interesting is Gabe Davis, who you famously have called Mike Williams East. Is this a disappointing outcome, Barry? Yes. The fact that he was targeted seven times, yeah. ends up with the two catches, 15 yards, and the touchdown. This should have been a huge night for Gabe Davis. So, I mean, like, just, like, I just, especially somebody who started, like, I am, I, my take is, is obviously you either have to start Gabe Davis every single week or never start him at all. Like, you cannot try to pick and choose your yeah. weeks. And so, I'm in the, you know, always hit on 16. I'm starting Gabe Davis every single week. And this should have been a huge, like, the, the pass down the sideline that just, whatever, Gabe Davis lost in the lights or yeah, whatever, yeah, that easily could have been a touchdown, right? Um, uh, there, was, uh, there was the one where he was open and they just, they literally 
pass interfered with him, like because they wanted to, say, you know, which is a smart play by the Patriots, but they like pass interfered him. Um, he had a chance at a second touchdown on basically the exact same play that Stefan Diggs scored a touchdown on the first on the first drive, you know, or the the first touchdown that they scored, you know, where he was just doing the out route on the on the rookie corner that the Patriots have, and so. This should have been a huge game for Gabe Davis, and I'm more encouraged than not because he also had a bad drop, and they went right back to him. I, I you know, I don't know if you saw it any differently, Pat, but uh, you know, at least he he bailed you out with the, t- the touchdown. No, I, I completely agree. I guess the one thing I'm a little nervous about the Bills is that they're starting to use more of these like power formations and go a little bit more balanced. So, you know, the volume for the passing game might not be as voluminous as we've come to expect. You know, over the beginning of the season last year which makes me a little more nervous about Gabe Davis going forward. But the drop touchdown, you know, slightly overthrown touchdown, that one was, was brutal as the one he lost in the lights was as well. Yeah. yeah, but you know what? And by the way, but hang on, though, for one second, though, because I just – I think that's a really interesting point. But I also would argue that I wonder how much of that was game plan specific. That, like, especially in a short week. Because that was the thing. Like, we're going to talk about the Patriots' offense and how disappointing they were. But the truth of the matter is the Patriots didn't get a chance to be on offense because right. their defense couldn't get them get yep. a stop. I mean, the, the Bills just had these long, long, long drives, drives yeah. yep. which we're not used to seeing because it's such an explosive offense. And I wonder if they just sort of said to themselves, like, you know what? If we can, can have these long, sustained drives, the Patriots' offense isn't built to keep up with us. So if we can, like, they're not going to be able to – if the Bills have to score in three minutes, the Bills can score in three minutes. The Patriots can't. They're not built that way. And yep. so I think maybe that was just, you know, um, uh, Sean McDermott and, and the rest – and Ken Dorsey just saying, like, hey, man, like, let's just – Let's give them only four minutes at the end of a quarter and see what they can do with it. And the answer was not much. I, I do think it was game, uh, game plan specific. They did the same sort of game plan two weeks ago against the Browns as well. Then they went back to kind of classic build stuff against the Lions. So it makes me wonder. Like, they know they have this gear now. Almost like the Eagles right. know they have the gear. They can, they can play power football. So uh, we're not always going to see it, but they can go to it. Yeah, and the other thing on Gabe Davis, I, I, you know, again, more balanced also doesn't worry me because, again, he's one play. Like, again, that, that, had he caught the one that he lost in the lights, like he had the guy beat, he's sprinting down the sidelines, that's a 12-point play yeah, yeah. right there if he, if he comes down with that. And so he's, he's never been – his value has never been volume-based. It's always been big play and touchdown-based. Yep. So um, – but I think the – Again, I, I stick by my original thing. It's like you just either have to always start him, or if you're bailed on him after this one because you're like, look, he even got a touchdown. He got a touchdown last night. He still couldn't get me double-digit fantasy points. I get it if you want to be out, but just then you should just drop him. You <laughs> know what I mean? Like you know, and let somebody else deal with that headache as well. Arizona, Vegas, Cincinnati, Miami is the upcoming schedule uh, for the Patriots. Their offense should get better as we transition there, Connor. Like um, guys, let me ask you this. Is there anything from this game you can take away from the Patriots' offense? Not much. I think, number one, their offensive line is just not what we're used to seeing from New England. That's the one thing that stands out to me when everybody's saying Mac Jones has taken a step back, the offensive play calling has taken a step back. I think the meat and potatoes of New England's identity year after year, even when Tom Brady was there, was great pass protection and being able to run the ball. And I just don't think this unit holds up to that standard. At the same time, I'm still pretty bullish on Ramondre Stevenson going sure, forward. Sure, yeah. pass catching helps. Pass catching helps a ton. 17 targets of the last two games, six straight games with at least six targets. Uh, and the offensive line, you know, they're going to this quick game stuff, probably partly because they don't trust the offensive line as much. Ramondre Stevenson's had at least 16 touches now in 10 straight games, six catches, not only targets, but actually six catches now in three straight contests. The over on that hits, that was Jay's bet from yesterday. I had the over on receiving yards. That didn't really. I mean, really, that should have, given how much they, yeah. they dumped off, six for 24. 
Six receptions for 24. Ramondre, I've been your biggest fan, and you don't cover for me. You cover for the Aussie. You hate to see it. You hate to see it. It's, you know, uh, it's very frustrating. His lowest output, he had 13.8 fantasy points, his lowest output since week four. Not only did he not get me, I had the over on his, rece- his receiving yards. Jay had the over on his receptions. The receptions hits the receiving yards. So he was, he was a top five play for me this week. He was on my love list. He let me down across the board. And as a result, Connor Rogers, you know what I did? I let America down. I let America down. I let America down because Ramondre Stevenson let me down. That's what happened. That's the trickle-down effect. That's what, you know, you hear about trickle-down economics. That's what that is. I know all about that. That's exactly what it is, of course. That's what I have my master's degree in. Wait, you have a master's degree? No. (laughs) Okay. That'd be amazing if you did. That'd be really impressive. You got me there for a second. I don't think think I'd be here just babbling away. You might be. You'd be surprised. That's true. There are stranger paths. I do have a business degree. Jay Croucher is a lawyer is a lawyer by trade, and then spent five years setting the lines at a major casino. Sure. And now he's here with us dumb idiots. Yeah. So, yeah, you never know how. I did go to business school, not broadcasting school. So okay. you just never know. Fair uh, enough. Uh, and listen, as a broadcaster, you have a mind for business. So that's exactly right. Fantastic. Yeah. How do you think I navigated yeah. my way into this year? Pretty much, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, frustrating. You'll, you'll get to a good gig eventually. Well, maybe, one of these days. <laughs> but for now, days. you know, here, you can't control you where do? you are. Oh, what are you going to do? Exactly. A frustrating night for Mac Jones. and uh, Anyway, you're still, whatever, I, just to wrap up Rohandre Stevenson, whatever. He's still a top ten running back the rest of the way. It wasn't the worst night get in massive. the world. Yeah. Very, very frustrating. But here's Mac Jones. Mac Jones, very angry. He had Ramondre Stevenson in his fantasy lineup. You can see it here. Yeah, exactly. He's he's so upset. Matthew Barry let he's, us down. He's I literally, think he was playing he's literally yelling Stevens. to Patricia. He's like, don't you understand? I have Ramondre Stevenson on my fantasy team. You know. Flipping Matthew Barry said he'd right. go off. Yeah, I think that <laughs> I'm reading his lips, and that's what I think he's saying. I think he is saying, like, he made Matthew's love list. Let's make him look smart. Well, we yeah. did hear from Mac Jones after the game about what he said here, and obviously just more frustration. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, just kind of let my emotions get to me, but, um, you know, we're kind of playing from behind, and what I said was about throwing it deeper in the short game. You know, I, I got to execute that part better, but it's the short game that we kept going to, which was working, but I felt like we needed chunk plays, and, um, you know, I shouted that out to kind of get everyone going, and... That's emotional. That's football. I'm passionate about this game, and um, obviously, you don't want to get your emotions let you know get the best of you. But um, yeah, I think that's that's pretty much it. Not much working in this one for New England's pass game. Obviously, their biggest play was to a player that doesn't even play on offense full time. And Jacoby Myers comes out of this game: five targets, three catches, 22 yards. Pat. Are we just out on the Patriots wide receivers being fantasy relevant going forward? I think so. I mean, Jacoby Myers was really the only guy. You know, Tyquan Thornton flashed a couple, you know, a couple times weeks ago, but he has not been involved as a target earner. His his snaps and routes have been fluctuating as well. They're trying to figure stuff out. They kind of got a rotation behind Myers. If we can't trust Myers, we can't trust anybody. Six or fewer targets in four straight games here, to the point of the offense getting more conservative. Patriots have traditionally gone more run-heavy as they get closer. I mean, again, that was under McDaniels with Brady, but gets colder. I think they're going to lean on Stevenson even more here. Jacoby Myers, who I had – so I had a friend text me, Jacoby Myers or Deontay Johnson. And I said, I think Jacoby Myers. Like, I just – you know, I mean, in terms of the floor. Like, I mean, I get the, I get the matchup with Pittsburgh at Atlanta, but I just – 
knowing his he's like a, he's in a deeper league. He's multiple wide receivers. I just said, I just feel like they're going to have game script should be in their favor here. Um, and uh, you know, Jacoby, uh, Deontay Johnson hasn't scored since week 17 of last year. And by the way, and so I bring all that up to say how bitter I was. I bitterberry. Last night was a bitterberry night because like Jacoby Myers should have had a touchdown. He should have. He potentially could have had two. There was one where he's wide open on a crossing route that would have been at least a thirty-yard completion. And if he turns, maybe he gets in. You know, he had about probably twenty yards to go, and Mac Jones just misses him, just overthrows him. You know, you guys know the play I'm talking about, where you right, yeah. and then um, uh, where he just sort of uh, yeah, he was uh, curl route, you know, over to the left sure. side, and then and then the touchdown, like he had it. And then dirty play, yeah. dirty play by the Bills, cheating Bills, and he goes, uh, he, you know, and then he gets he gets disqualified. But they're down twenty four seven. He's like, what do I care if I get disqualified? It'll be interesting to see. Interesting is the wrong word. Um, there is a concern, at least for me, because that was a brutal hit on yeah. Jacoby Myers. Does he get placed in the concussion protocol? Might he miss some time? Feels like. They play Arizona next week, um, but uh, they play Arizona next week and then Las Vegas. But you feel like Ramondre Stevenson is the only guy in this offense you can trust moving forward. Yeah, you still have a chance to be right about Jacoby you, Myers you over Deontay Johnson. I just want to make that clear. No, I do. It can always get worse. I mean, right? So it, don't, don't wave the white flag. I, I, on I, that I one haven't. Seriously, yeah. yes, yes, I'm exactly. very serious. I, I, I'm, you have no idea. I'm rooting for under 5.2 yes. points for Deontay Johnson on Sunday. It's live. By the way, just so you know, <laughs> watch him catch like two touchdowns because yeah. he's so overdue, and they're playing at Falcons. Yeah. And like you know, but like every week, I feel like okay, this is the week, and then every week, mm-hmm. you know. here we are. Here we are. Roto World headlines. Time to get into the rest of the week. Uh, coming off of a Thursday night football matchup, let's look at the running backs because the injury report for Week 13, guys, is very ugly with notable names. Although we've had some good news, Antonio Gibson is back at practice. Najee Harris dealing with the abdominal injury. Uh, Travis Etienne with the foot injury should be good to go. Michael Carter is now doubtful for the Jets. That's going to be an interesting backfield to get through. And Raheem Mostert's on the injury report every single week, guys. But it seems like he's trending towards playing. So let's uh, let's go through these real quickly. Antonio Gibson back at practice today, so that's a positive mm-hmm. sign. I haven't gotten a report yet on Najee Harris, but he's trending towards not playing, um, which would mean all Jalen Warren. I would be very yep. excited about Jalen Warren as a top 20 play against uh, the Falcons uh, and their 29th ranked run defense over the last month. Travis Etienne, Doug Peterson came out uh, just before uh, we got on air today to say that he's playing. He's going to be yep. fine. So, Travis nice. Etienne, it's fine. All that money you spent on Jermichael Hasty, for Wasted. not. For not. Stay, you know, you never know. Etienne's had injury history and that kind of stuff. Other guys on that list were uh, like Josh Jacobs. We'll see. They'll, they'll probably practice a little bit later. He but, seems to be trending towards playing. Yes, I yeah. feel like he is. But I do think, like, Zamir White is a, an important stash. And I just think in general, as we sit here in week 13, we've talked about this earlier on the show in the Weaver Wire show, but just, like, you know, all those, you know, you know, high upside guys that you, you know, like, let's, if Sky Moore hasn't popped by now, he's probably not popping. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, all the Sky Moore types of the world where you're like, oh, I, you know what I mean? Like, it's going to happen. It, listen, there's... Every year, there's there's an Amon Ross St. Brown guy yeah, that, yeah, get, that yeah. catches fire toward towards the uh, towards the end of the season. I think James Cook might yeah. be that guy mm-hmm. this year, like you know, after last night. Uh, but my feeling is is that, um, and, and we'll talk about Bam Knight coming up a little bit later in the show yep. as well, because that's another guy. But I feel like I'd rather just protect what I have, right? Where you know there's a like if I have Joe Mixon, make sure you have some AJP Ryan, you know, like guys like that. Like I just, I think you're better using your bench for to protect basically who your starters are as we get through the buys than you know 
than you know using these high upside guys, hoping that one of them pops at some point because season's getting shorter. Yeah, and we also know like with the Mixon example that Piran has a very valuable role when Mixon's out. You know, we know where the value is a little bit more now than we did preseason. Right. So in situations where there's a clear cut backup, you know, that, that's what I would want to, you know, like spend. You know, listen, if I had Eckler, I would, you know, I would absolutely want. Um, God, why am I blanking on the from Texas A&M the, the Spiller? rookie Spiller, Spiller yeah. Isaiah Spiller. Anyway, sorry, brain fart. You know what I mean? Again, yeah. not bright. You're, you're not old. bright. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> we're gonna get you through this. Not getting old. Am old. <laughs> Am to be old. Nice. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm not here enough to be mean. That's fair. All right. <laughs> good point. That's Speaking good point. of injured running backs, Christian McCaffrey, in his words, believes he dodged a bullet with his knee injury. Expects a full workload versus the Dolphins. Be careful what you believe, though, when you're talking yeah. about 49ers with a full workload. What are the expectations for Christian McCaffrey with Eli Mitchell now out of the picture? I don't think they change much. This is my take on it. You know, Pat Pat does such a great job with the walkthrough and really studies all the underneath metrics. And so, want your opinion here. But my take is is that I don't think it changes much. I think what they do is they take Elijah Mitchell's workload. Maybe it's not as much. Maybe Chris McCaffrey gets three more touches a game or something like that. But I don't think suddenly they make him a bell cow. They've been very specific about how they want to use him and leverage him. So I think maybe. Debo Samuel gets a couple of carries more that, you know, he, he went away from that once McCaffrey came over, but maybe Debo is back in the backfield. You'll see some Jordan Mason. Like, sure. I think maybe they, they pass a little bit more, but I think it's sort of by a, you know, those touches get divided up by committee. I don't know that there's any one person for our purposes that you feel comfortable starting in the Niners backfield that isn't Christian McCaffrey. Having said that, given his injury history, given Mitchell and the explosiveness of that offense, like, I don't mind taking a stab at, like, if you want a Jordan Mason, if you want a Tevin Campbell, uh, Tevin Coleman. Tevin Campbell is, you know, round and round. He's Prince Protégé. So I'm dating myself here. Um, uh, but uh, but Tev, uh, Tevin Coleman, you know, or uh, TDP, how do you see this breaking down? Yeah, I, I see it similarly where, you know, four weeks ago he was at an 80, 80% snap share. That was before Eli Mitchell was around. And they're kind of showing him, showing him off, showing what they can do. You know, he's passing this is why we traded game. that much for exactly. this expensive running back. It was, it was yes. worth it. It was worth yes. it. Right. But then Eli Mitchell comes back. He's more in like the mid-60% snap range. This is a team with Super Bowl ambitions. I don't see why they would go back to him at 80% while he's also dealing with a, a knee injury. I mean, he, right. you know, he says he dodged a bullet and he's going to be fine and everything. But, like, uh, just kind of responsible to, to keep him in, like, a, a lead-back role but not a total workhorse role. Right. For our purposes, you're obviously starting Chris McCaffrey yeah. wherever you have him. But if you're in DraftKings, you know, or FanDuel or any kind of, uh, you know, daily fantasy um, – platform maybe you look elsewhere it's most you're not, expensive you're not, he's the most guy right he's yeah. the most expensive running back i don't think i'm paying up from this week even in a matchup against miami he doesn't jump out and there's a lot of running backs in really really great spots this week right it'll be fascinating to see uh what jordan mason does if he gets any more of a workload jimmy garoppolo did have this to say about jordan mason he makes it tough on defenses and i think those are body blows that wear on you in the fourth quarter so it'll be interesting to see a full game with him Really interesting quote that sort of hints at a bigger workload for Jordan Mason. On the other hand, it's not Jimmy Garoppolo's choice. No. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. by the way, he ain't Josh Allen. He ain't Patrick Mahomes. He ain't. And by that, I mean he's not Aaron Rodgers. By that, I mean Jimmy Garoppolo isn't dictating. Like, listen, Kyle, you know who I want out there is I want that guy. When Aaron Rodgers says I want Aaron Jones, they're doing it right. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo is like, listen, Jimmy, we're gonna put out whoever we want. And so I do think. Listen, like I said, find somebody that looks at you the way that Kyle Shannon looks at Tevin Coleman. Like I do think. You'll see. He reemerges all the time. It, it is. It is the Undertaker gift. Like, you know, like, and like he's back. And so, anyway, I don't mind taking a stab, and, and Mason might have more upside than these guys, but I do, you know, I take it a little bit with a grain of salt. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, Their contingency maybe holds, I think, right? Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. One more notable backfield that's been dealing with some volatility as well. Jarek McKinnon did not practice on Thursday dealing with a hamstring injury. Uh, Pat Crane, I know you are a big Ronald Jones stan, and I've actually heard some rumors that Pat Crane has written and performed a Rojo song that we have for you. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, Pat must grab his guitar and play an original song and sing about why Rojo is such a great RB. A little ode to Ronald Jones. Rojo, we know you're getting cut. But don't let that shut the door. You've still got that rushing floor. Haters, oh, they're gonna hate. But we'll never forget when you went for nine. Absolutely gorgeous. Clip it. 10 out of 10. We are in love. There you go. Like, I mean, I like, I know you were thinking, like, you know what? This show needs more Ronald Jones inspired music. Well, we've delivered. Thank you, Pat Crane. Very, like, I can't wait to see the Grammy nominations. I wonder if that makes the cut. Fingers to. crossed. It has State to. Of so just so you know, just right give a shout out, though. That was, um, that was performed on uh, Peter, Peter Overzet's. Yep. Randomizer show, That's right. right? That's right. So yeah, so Peter Overzet, who who uh, does some work for me with uh, my Fantasy Life newsletter, FantasyLife.com. Give a shout out there, um, the free newsletter. He writes it, does a great job with it, everything. But he also hosts a Randomizer show where you have to do a draft based on random prompts, and so that was one of the prompts that Pat got. Uh, it's a very funny show. Check it out. Follow Peter on Twitter at Peter Overzet, and and uh, you can find his randomizer show on YouTube. Uh, nice job. I know you're always you're a co- you're an often guest of Peter's. I am, and uh, he's my co-host on Ship Chasing. So. And sh- on Ship yep. Chasing, which we talked about yep. as well. Also a great show. You should check that out, which is available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Often guest, sometimes performer. Yeah, occasional performer. Right. Right. Yeah. Bartender. So- Okay, so yeah, bar, like there's there, there's no there's no Something limit to the, you're, 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 you know you're a modern day Renaissance man, Pat Crane, <laughs> uh, and um, and while you are a Ronald Jones fan, yes, um, the fact of the matter is is that uh, this week we may not be we may not have Jarek McKinnon. So how are you breaking down this Chiefs backfield? Would you start Ronald Jones over Isaiah Pacheco? I mean, if I was in charge of the Chiefs, I might. But right. if I'm uh, running a fantasy team, absolutely not. This is Pacheco's week. I mean, if, if McKinnon's out, I think Pacheco, he could see, you know, 60 65% of snaps, normally kind of more in like the 40 to 50% range. It's a big deal, I think. Yeah. Where does Pacheco come in for you this week? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm with, uh, I'm with Pat here. I, I mean, I think, I think Pacheco, look, the concern here is, of course, the Bengals' run defense, right? They're fifth against the run over the last month. It's a really good run defense. Uh, and the other thing here is, is that um, – we do expect a lot of points to be scored. And so are they going to be having passing? The problem with Pacheco is just no passing game involvement. So that's why could we see some, some Rojo in this game? Because obviously CEH is, is on the shelf and McKinnon uh, is looking like he's out. Do we think Melvin Gordon is activated off the practice squad this weekend? Do we see some Melvin Gordon? Uh, I will tell you that uh, Pacheco you know, is like – you know, like a borderline top 20 play for me. Again, like he's going to need – it's a tough matchup, massive workload, but tough matchup and no passing game usage. So he really needs a score to pay off. But I think he probably gets it in a game that we think is 
going to be the highest scoring game of, uh, at least according to Vegas, of week 13. And we will dive deeper into that game later, so stick around. But before we go, you thought the Ronald Jones song <laughs> was good. Yeah. We, we have a Pacheco ballad really? for the people. Yes, we do. And we are getting it live here on the happy hour. We're officially a bar now, a coffee house. I was house just going to say we are. I was going to say coffee house coffee bar. House bar. Like, can we get him a tip jar? Like, or something like that? We need a, yeah, we need a tip jar. We need a tip jar, and then we need a little sign that has his Venmo, you know, so that, uh, that, that, that people can do that exactly as, you know, because it's a coffee house. All right, so this is an original composition, It's an original composition, and like I said, you know, this Not is Pacheco's week, so we got to give Pacheco his due. All right, let's go. Pacheco, you beat our Ojo, because Andy Reid's crew... They really trust you And they're some fantasy teams They're in trouble, they're on the bubble They need to make the playoffs So how about to pay off And score two touchdowns Score two touchdowns against the Bengals Score two touchdowns Let's go, Isaiah Pacheco Score two touchdowns Score two touchdowns against the Bengals. Score two touchdowns. Let's go, Isaiah Pacheco. Incredible. Wow, that was amazing. Someone get me a lighter. Someone get me a lighter. Encore. Now, what, Encore. what were you going for with the timing of the clapping there? Was that, I was just trying to follow. <laughs> yeah, I looked at him and I was like, all right, I'm going to lead this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, because I, I couldn't tell whether you were going to get, you started to get faster and slower and like, <laughs> Yeah, like, and so I just decided to just follow Connor. I was like, all right, Connor, maybe Connor went to rehearsal and so heard the song. I didn't, because I know I didn't. You know, I don't, I don't really show up to rehearsal. Um, uh, I'm barely here during the show. So, uh, anyway, that was very good. Sorry, did the, did, the, did, the, did, the, did the clapping throw you off? No, no, it was bad good. rhythm? No, bad rhythm? It was a little, uh, you know, avant-garde. But, <laughs> but we were in a, with, that's a nice, kind way to say it. it he's, he's hearing me less than you, so he's yes. being more nice than you. Yes. Yeah. Um, we needed the, the bar atmosphere. Uh, that was Pat Corain. That is not a cover. That is an original Isaiah Pacheco tune. We are going to take a break. I like the unoriginal. Okay. Like, there's multiple there, Isaiah Pacheco tunes. Tons of fantasy songs. Yeah, but not about Isaiah Pacheco. We'll be back That's in a the minute. first. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The first day that I met Coach Reed um, was at the facility. Uh, we had, like, the uh, meetings, like the top 30 visits. And yeah. so that was the first time I really met him. I'm going to give you all the inside scoop. Uh, Matt Nagy, who is our quarterback coach now, Snacks. was the offense coordinator then. He, he really liked me, so he gave me the plays they were going to go, go over the night before. So Coach Reed's finding out here live on New Heights Podcast. Oh, my gosh. Snaggy. So, Matt. Snaggy. <laughs> he gave you answers to the test. Let's go. And so, uh, yeah. So, of course, I crushed the meeting. I stayed up all night studying those plays. And so. Man, this kid is locked in. We got ourselves in <laughs> <better> here. <laughs> Right. That was Patrick Mahomes getting the answers to the test the night before. By the way, that's the greatest coaching Matt Nagy's done in his career. It's the greatest uh, right? football I mean, movie like, he's right, ever made. Right? That's the great thousand percent. <laughs> Patrick thousand Mahomes percent. just actually rose the stock of Matt Nagy when he needed uh, the most. When he needs Very the nice most. thing to do. Very nice, nice thing, thing to do. do. Yeah, yeah. Gave, him, gave him some love. And, and that's from the, uh, the Kelsey Brothers' new podcast. We should give, uh, give credit there yeah. for people that are just listening. So that was Patrick Mahomes on the Kelsey Brothers' new podcast. And... Um, yeah, that is the that's the best thing Matt Nagy's ever done. Uh, and who else? You you're you know you're always a draft Nick. I forget. So Mahomes, I think, was tenth overall that year. They, they traded trade up. up. They traded yep. up to get him. But who are the quarterbacks that were taken ahead of him? Trubisky. Trubisky. Yeah. That's right. That's and the big who one. They traded up for. Yep. Who they and also Watson, traded up. Watson was that year. Watson Trubisky was, that, was the only one to go in the top five. But Watson went twelfth. Yes. Yeah. Watson went twelfth. But Mahomes. But in terms of who went uh, who went ahead of him, Trubisky. They traded up to get him at. Two or three. They moved from three to two they because Miles Garrett was the number one That's overall. Right. Miles Garrett was the number one overall. So yeah, they take, they took Trubisky when Mahomes was sitting there. <laughs> yep. And but was, I would yeah. argue I have this I have this argument, and then we can move on. Um, as brilliant as Mahomes is, and he is brilliant, you know, and everyone knew coming out of college he had a cannon of an arm. But he wasn't like amazing at Texas Tech when his coach was Cliff Kingsbury. Patrick Mahomes does not become Patrick Mahomes if Andy Reid's not his coach. Absolutely. Is, is my take. And he, he got to sit the year. They were one of the rare teams that was willing to sit a quarterback yep. in an era where teams don't sit there. They right. traded up into the and, top and he, ten. And to he get got him. to learn from Alex Smith, who's a who's a classy guy Perfect and not mentor. a and not a, you know, oh sorry, Rook. I don't yeah, care. Good luck you know, good yeah. luck out there. Yeah. I yeah. mean, Alex Smith is a good dude, and so yeah, I mean and obviously then, you know, Mahomes has made the most of that amazing opportunity, but I think that when you think about what Andy Reid's done with quarterbacks over the years, you know, he made A.J. Feely relevant. relevant. You know, <laughs> Jeff Garcia. Like, you know, yeah. look at Donovan McNabb on any other team other than Philadelphia. Exactly. Right? I mean, like, just whatever. Uh, you know, uh, Kevin Cobb. Remember Kevin Cobb? Yeah. Like, I mean, we could just go through obscure Eagles quarterbacks over the Worked years. Worked out well for both sides. Yes. Patrick Mahomes That's linking up with Andy Reid. Thanks to Matt Nagy. Right, Matt, Learn yeah. something new every yeah. day. All right, it is time for Fantasy Rich, Fantasy Poor, and who better to kick it off with then Patrick Mahomes' Chiefs, who are favored by two points, traveling to a tough Cincinnati Bengals team. The highest total for the week, Pat Corain, over-under is set at 53. Why, though, is this a fantasy-rich environment? Well, Matthew, you just set it up. I mean, this is an offense that's built to maximize Patrick Mahomes. They're not afraid to, you know, like just lean into the passing game and go really pass-heavy. They understand that Mahomes is going to be the engine of their offense, and that's the way they've built their offense. Tua Tagovailoa leads the NFL in EPA per play, which is you know an efficiency metric. But Patrick Mahomes leads the NFL in EPA per game because he's able to drop back more often, and that's a skill to be able to drop back that often and still be highly efficient. 
And the Chiefs lead the NFL with a 13% pass rate over expected. So although some teams have shifted to the run against the Bengals, I don't expect the Chiefs to do that. I think they're going to play this through Patrick Mahomes. They're going to play this like a shootout. They're going to know that Joe Burrow is going to be throwing on the other side, and Joe Burrow will be throwing on the other side. They've been extremely pass-heavy over their last six games with a 12% pass rate over expected right behind where the Chiefs are. They're also prioritizing the pass on first down which helps out Joe Burrow, keeps the offense very efficient. And then, of course, they have reinforcements coming with Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon. I think both guys, obviously, they're going to help the offense overall, but they're going to help the offense specifically in the quick game. Jamar Chase is used on wide receiver screens at a much higher rate than the other wide receivers, which could help against the Chiefs' pass rush that's pretty good. And then Joe Mixon's been used frequently as an outlet, which I also think will help against this Chiefs' defense. So it's sort of interesting here. Just while you were talking, um, so got an alert from the Fantasy Life app, which is great, must have. Um, and uh, this is a tweet from uh, Jeff Hobson, who covers, uh, covers Cincinnati, does a really good job. And Zach, meaning Zach Taylor, head coach of the Bengals, Zach says Mixon still in protocol and decision mm. pending. If he's cleared, he should be good to go. He has worked in limited fashion. So we expect Joe Mixon back, but it doesn't sound like it's 100% definitely going to be back. He did also say, by the way, that, uh, you know, Zach Taylor says Jamar Chase has indicated that he feels comfortable to play against the Chiefs. That is hashtag Bengals, and that's from Kelsey Conway, who also covers the team for the Inquirer. So, um, uh, anyway, so, yes, we should get Chase back, but I just as long as we're talking about this game, just mention, like, hey, don't be dropping some IJP right just yet. Don't drop Because there's, there's a non-zero chance that he has a significant role in a high-scoring game. Yeah, and I think he'd be used similarly in the passing game to the yes. way Mixon is. Yeah. Getting, getting away from some of the stars in this game, the flex players, Pat, when you look at the, uh, the Bengals side of things with Tyler Boyd, who's had some huge weeks here and there, but Chase is back. Hayden Hurst, who's had a nice year at tight end, taking over from C.J. Uzama, who was there last year. Did these guys get a bump at all? I think Hurst does, uh, just partly because we desperately need tight ends. You know, like Tyler Higby's now unstartable. Like, <laughs> we're losing guys that we yeah. were start. So, Jamar Chase being back, I think, obviously he's going to get his targets, but he also draws a ton of defensive coverage, so I think he should help open up things for other receivers. And, you know, Hurst in particular with that tight end eligibility jumps out to me. Barry, on the Chiefs side of things, is this a juju week, or are we scared of starting juju? Somewhere in between. Mm. I don't know that I'm scared of starting juju, but I'm not ready to sit there and plant my flag and say, oh, yeah, this is going to be a big juju week. I mean, like I'm at wide receiver 34, so I'm sort of right there. Look, prior to the last game we saw him play, right, Juju had at least 85 yards in three straight games. Now, he, he was the last game we saw him play, he was coming off that brutal mm-hmm. hit, the, coming out of the concussion protocol, saw only three targets, which is uh, his, tied for his season low. They just didn't involve him very much uh, in that game. So the expectation here is that he plays more snaps, he runs more routes, he gets more targets in, this, in a high-scoring game. But it's the Chiefs. Again, the Chiefs won last week, and Juju had three targets. Like, they can... They can, you know, they can function without him. They can, yeah. they, right, exactly. The the only must have in the Chiefs' offense is Travis Kelsey. They can beat you in so many ways, and it's it's just you know random. Oh look, this offensive lineman caught two touchdowns. Like you know, it's just like oh wow, it's a big Noah Gray game. Like I, so, um, so I'm somewhere in between. I think he is a risk reward wide receiver three in this matchup, and I'm and probably and for me, by the way, I am probably on the more reward side. Like I, when you're in those kind of flexy sort of decisions give me the guy that's got Patrick Mahomes throwing to him and as as you know a fantasy rich matchup as Pat calls it yeah I, I'm, I'm on the reward side too it's definitely risky because he didn't run all the routes last week but I'm 
kind of assuming that's related to the concussion and him coming back from the concussion. They don't really have other guys stepping up in a big way. And if Juju's kind of the volume PPR play, what a better there's not a better environment than this for volume PPR. There's going to be a ton of passing volume on both sides. Our other fantasy-rich matchup of the week is Jaguars at Detroit. The Lions are given a point in this game, so it's essentially almost down to a pick The over-under, though, more important here, guys, 51 points. It's crazy when you hear Jacksonville and Detroit almost has the same over-under as Cincinnati, Kansas City, Pat. But how did we get here with these two teams? Well, the Lions, they generally prefer to lean on the run game, which, you know, can sometimes lead to less volume in a, in a game. But they prefer to prioritize the pass on first down, even though they're a run-first team overall. And that helps set Jared Goff up for success. And then they also sort of they seem aware of, like, what's happening in terms of their opponents. They went pass first against the Bills, even though the Bills' defense is actually a little weaker against the run. I assume they did that because they understand that Josh Allen was going to score points against them. And, you know, this is another game where you would expect the Jacksonville offense to be able to put up points, obviously not to the level of the Bills, but they also have the fact working for them that the Jaguars are very weak against the pass. So it would make all the sense in the world, not for the Lions to go like super pass heavy here, but to be balanced with a lean to the pass, keeping volume up in this game. And I think they'll be efficient through the air, which would really help, you know, keep scoring high. And then on the Jaguars' side, they are a balanced offense, but that's a great fit against the Lions because the Lions are bad against the run, they're bad against the pass, so a balanced offense is going to be very efficient in both phases of the game. We're looking like we're getting ETN back here. So uh, we also have Lawrence running very hot recently. Since week nine, he ranks 10th in EPA per play, leads the league in completion percentage over expected. He's been efficient and accurate, now gets a great matchup. Uh, this is going to be a fun game. Yeah, I agree. Barry, for you, two players. Lawrence and Goff both made my love list. That's this where week. I was going with yeah. this. Yeah, two players on your love list in this one. So you're obviously pretty high on the the bump that Lawrence, who's had a great three week stretch here, and and even uh, Zay Jones. Did you know that since week six, he's the eighth best quarterback in fantasy, Trevor Lawrence? Like, I mean, like it's you wouldn't expect it if you yeah. just if you're not looking at any stats and you're just watching the game film yeah. and you're just sort of like, you know, there's been some up and some down uh, with him. But yeah, like by hook or by crook. He's gotten there as well. This is on a points-per-game basis since week six, and so obviously it's a great matchup against Detroit. What were you going to say, Connor? No, I just wanted to ask about Zay Jones in this matchup. When you, you talk about Trevor Lawrence being on the love list and Zay Jones kind of coming to life recently. He had almost a 40% target yeah. share last week, right? He's it's now crazy. had double-digit targets in two straight games in three of the last five. Zay Jones is a good player, right? This is a guy that was drafted very high. He's had kind of a weird career. They paid you know, him like a good right, player. Exactly. I mean, yeah. he, he went to Buffalo. That didn't work out. Then sort of revitalized his career in uh, with the Raiders, mm-hmm. and then yet yeah, the you know the Christian Kirk contract got all the all the attention. But they went on, they made an investment in Zay Jones, and so you think about the fact that the Lions allow the third most fantasy points to opposing uh, wide receivers, and that we expect a lot of scoring after Christian Kirk. Zay Jones to me is pretty interesting as well. He's also a risk reward wide receiver three, much like Juju is. But I'm in on Zay Jones this week. He also, like I said, made the love list. Our fantasy poor matchup of the week, Barry's Commanders favored by two and a half points going to MetLife Stadium to take on the Giants. The over-under here, Pat, only at 40 and a half. We, we've seen worse point yeah. totals this yeah. year. We've seen plenty in the 30s. Yeah. So 40 and a half, not the worst. Uh, but why are you down on this game? It's actually because I think uh, Matthew's Commanders have a very good defense. Take command. Uh, they really do. Uh, they're fifth in EPL out per rush. They're ninth in EPL out per dropback. So they're they're good against without you know, Chase Young. Without right. Chase, Chase Young, Chung, a fit, just literally just um, Chase Young just listed as questionable for this game. So there's a chance. Yeah. There's a chance that we see at least some limited snaps from him. Anyway, as you were saying, right? You think this will be a l- low scoring game? I do because they they have a well rounded defense. 
the Giants want to run the ball, but yes. they're already struggling with efficiency. Uh, Barkley, in particular, over the last three weeks, he's produced 36 fewer rushing yards than expected per NFL Next Gen. And then on the commander side, since week seven, only the Titans, Panthers, Falcons, and Bears have been more run-heavy than the commanders. That isn't necessarily a bad thing in this matchup because the Giants are weak against the run. They rank just 26th in PFF's run grade. So I think the commanders will be efficient with a run-heavy game plan. But when you have two teams that are going to be running the ball, the Giants probably inefficiently. The commanders will probably do so fairly efficiently. But there's just not going to be a ton of volume in this game. Right. So Brian Robinson, like, so Antonio Gibson practicing in a limited fashion today. He's officially listed as questionable for the game. So we'll see. Have hopes there, but certainly feels like that even if he's active, maybe he takes a little bit of a backseat here to Brian Robinson, who last year, uh, last week, I should say, had his first career 100 yard game, had his fourth straight game with over 13 touches, had 20 receiving yards. Like they actually started to use him a little bit in the passing game, like, which is not a lot. I mean, I think he got like three balls, but still, like, that's more than he normally gets. And so um, in a game against the Giants, who, you know, struggle somewhat uh, against the run over the last uh, month, they're 24th against the run in terms of most rushing yards allowed per game. I think Brian Robinson has a really good chance. You're nervous about the passing game usage, and certainly if Gibson were to miss, that would improve his prospects. But I still think Robinson is a must-start against the Giants, given the volume, even if he's not the most efficient guy. And honestly, I like Gibson as a flex if he's active as well. I'm more excited about uh, Brian Robinson than Terry McLaurin here, just because wow. I think it fits the game script a, yeah. a little bit better. This does feel like an NFC East December grinded out kind of game between these two. As long as we're talking this game, though, I think this is interesting. To your point about the uh, how good the commander's defense is, this is a tweet from uh, Ryan Dunleavy, who covers the team uh, for, I believe, the New York Post, like does a, does a good job. And so uh, he, this is what he tweeted. Darius Slayton isn't going to practice. Still ill. He's virtually irreplaceable on this roster without major adjustments. Dayball still hopeful he can play on Sunday. Again, that is Ryan D., uh, Dunleavy, who's an NFL reporter for the Post, for the New York Post. And so that sort of becomes interesting. If you know, And I'm assuming, I just read the tweet verbatim, but I'm assuming that's what he's inferring or that's what Dayball basically said, that he is, they would need, if, if they don't have Darius Slayton, they're going to do major adjustments to this offense. Not an offense that has a lot of other places to go. Uh, <laughs> Might be 1940s football for the New York I mean, Giants. I mean, they are running out of can, wide receivers. Yeah, can, can Saquon play Gallagher. the Wildcat? You know, yeah. like I mean, 33 carries on deck for Saquon Barkley. <laughs> yeah. All right, workhorse. So anyway, we're going to take. A, yep, go ahead. I was just, all I was going to say is that if Gibson were to miss, I don't think there's a one-for-one one replacement either. There, mm-hmm. you see some Curtis Samuel, some Jonathan Williams, etc. Like uh, you, just be really excited about Brian Robinson. We're taking a break, but when we're back, what's on tap as we look into some of the top matchups for Week 13, including Justin Jefferson and Sauce Gardner? What's on tap? Because we're in a bar. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 
21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Do you get up for the guys who are considered the absolute best in the, in the league? No, definitely. You know, these are the type of games that I, I love. You know, I, go, I love going against the best. So I'm looking forward to it. And I know um, our guys in the secondary, they're looking forward to it as well. That was Sauce Gardner talking about the opportunity to face off against Justin Jefferson as the Jets travel to Minnesota this week. And with that, we go to what's on tap going into week 13 because, as Barry said, we're at a bar. We're in a bar. With live musicians. And in, in a bar, you have tap. We see back there, we also have musicians like, uh, like Pat Corain. I was right. worried you guys were going to put me back up at the bar for this. The, no, 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 no. I, table, so well, you, no, you're you're here. You're here. Jay's at the table. back in Australia. Yeah, so. Exactly. <laughs> you're good. Um, uh, look, I don't think there's a lot of fantasy analysis to do here uh, in terms of you know Justin Jefferson versus Sauce Gardner. You're playing like, Justin Jefferson. Right. You're playing Jeff, the, Justin. The Jets Jefferson. don't travel their corners anyway. That's the other thing. No. Exactly. Yeah. They like, play sides. They play. He's going to see more DJ Reed than Sauce Gardner. Right. And by the way, Reed's had a nice season. Really too, good player. But Justin Jefferson is Justin Jefferson. No concerns here. I think it's just it's really fun to uh, this. Really, this will be fun to see. This is going to be a fun game. Yeah, and you can't take just away Justin Jefferson anyway. Uh, Bill Belichick no tried, yeah. uh, and he he had a double coverage rate of nearly fifty percent, which is crazy high. Uh, but Justin Jefferson had seventy eight percent of his yards against double coverage. So it doesn't. I'm not worried about any matchups. With Justin I think Jefferson. what you're saying here is he's very good. He's very good. Pretty very good player. Good. You dug into the numbers. You, you crunched <laughs> yeah. all the film. You've come up with this hashtag analysis that he's very good. Jefferson plus 225 right now for uh, Offensive Player of the Year. Sauce Gardner minus 300 as the favorite, far and away the favorite for Defensive Rookie of the Year. But Jefferson, sense. I mean, he plays almost 30% of his snaps in the slot as yeah. well. So yeah. he's going to move all over the place. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Let's talk about something a little bit more interesting in this game, though, and that is Mike White yeah. in charge of – we saw a boost for the Jets' wide receivers against the Bears who – don't have much of a defense left at this point. But like you said, Pat, a big boost. Garrett Wilson, back in play for Offensive Rookie of the Year, at least yep. in the top three. I think more interesting, Elijah Moore out of, comes back to life a little bit. He catches the touchdown, has the other big catch. What can Mike White do to elevate this Jets pass game against a Minnesota secondary that has not been great this year? Yeah, it's not been great. It's still a lot better than the Bears. Exactly. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. but uh, from a fantasy perspective, we just want him to support Garrett Wilson. And I think he's going to do that. And Garrett Wilson, he rates very high in uh, – ESPN just rolled out a new open score metric that uses the player tracking data. He rates very high in that, first among all the rookie wide receivers. He gets open. He gets open fairly shallowly. He has an 8.5 ADOT. That works great for Mike White, who's got one of the shallowest average depths of throws in the league. So, you know, kind of a perfect blend. And Garrett Wilson's out there running all the routes. He's clearly yes. the number one guy. Corey Davis was back last week. Didn't matter. Garrett Wilson was still installed as the number one wide receiver. Elijah Moore, his routes are still very low. I would not be willing to trust him, but I, I think we can start Garrett Wilson with confidence. I, I want to pick up Elijah Moore, you know, mm. and, and see if we get another good game from him. But, yes, Garrett Wilson starts for me. He makes the love list as well. In games in which Zach Wilson has not started this year, 
This is a game in which Zach Wilson will not start. Garrett not Wilson's averaging, huh? <laughs> he won't even be active. Right, exactly. Garrett Wilson's averaging 19.4 fantasy points per game in games in which Mike White or even Joe Flacco has been on their center. You know, as, as we've talked about this, Minnesota allows the fifth most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. Garrett Wilson's a top 20 play for me this week. One more thing from this game, Barry. Uh, you have Zonovan Knight, Bam Knight coming in at, in the top 30 if you're running backs. He comes yeah. in as RB28. We talked about earlier Michael Carter probably not playing in this game. Yeah. So Bam Knight working his way into flex play. Officially, officially listed as doubtful here. You know, 14 for 69 plus three receptions for 34 yards in week 12. He was great. In his first career game, he had 13.3 fantasy points per game. It's worth noting that the Vikings allow the seventh most receiving yards and the ninth most receptions to opposing running backs. And, Connor, you and I have talked about this. We talked about this on Monday about Bam Knight. The Jets really like him, and they trust him on all three downs. They really do. Good pass catcher, big-bodied runner that can close out games. That's what the Jets need. So the undrafted free agent, uh, he might be taking over for James Robinson. We will see where that goes. Moving over, another matchup uh, AFC-related here, Lamar Jackson- up and down season for Lamar Jackson right. standards in fantasy. Obviously, somebody that's still going to play. By the, by the way, do we, what's the Mike White thing? Are we blowing off the Mike White thing? Did you see this? His wife? It, yes. Mike White's this wife. Is, this is hilarious. Yes, we have to show it. Mike show this. White. Here we go. This is, yes. Yeah. So this is Connor Hughes, not, not to be confused with Connor Rogers. Connor Hughes, who also covers the Jets. And this is a tweet. Jets quarterback Mike White said his wife came up to him after his 300-yard, three-touchdown game against the Bears and said three words. Who are you? I think it was like a... Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. Like, okay. You know, yes. now, like, now I might, you know, that's yeah. better, right? Let's, yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Exactly. Yes. Like, oh, I'm, I'm married to a franchise quarterback, quarterback not right. a practice squad yeah. quarterback. Yeah. The money's a little different. Right, yeah. yeah. Hey, <laughs> not saying she's in it for the money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You get off, move get less. Off, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> hey, Mike White, get off the couch. Get into the bedroom. There yeah. you go. Mike All right. White, pending free agent. Yeah, exactly. Look yeah. at you. All good for the white, the white family. Yeah. They're feeling oh, yeah. good right now. Good for the, oh, as well they should. Yeah, exactly. All right, Mama, uh, Mrs. White. I don't know if she has kids. I don't know if she has kids. I don't know if she has kids. So I'll just say Mrs. White. All right, Mrs. White. Mrs. White ready to, you know. Back to be wifely. <laughs> Somehow, we're back to... Just trying Bro- to figure out how I could get through that without, uh, you know, getting us canceled. Back to Broncos-Ravens. Uh, I think what everybody cares about in this game is not only Lamar Jackson, who you look at his weekly fantasy points. I mean, Pat, this isn't what you would expect from a Lamar Jackson season. It's not. Uh, he was actually pretty decent last week in EPA per play, 11th, but he dealt with a bunch of drops from his receivers, which really hurt, including a Mark Andrews would-be touchdown. Uh, so... Now he gets a Broncos defense that's very strong against the pass, and I'm feeling like the Ravens might transition a bit to the run here and attack them on the ground, which would make sense. You're also not that worried about the Broncos offense, so you don't need to score a ton of points here. You're still starting Lamar Jackson, obviously, but I think Gus Edwards is interesting. J.K. Dobbins is, is, has been clear to return for practice. They've opened it, but it feels like this he's not going to play in this week. Gus Edwards uh, should, and so Broncos, who have allowed back-to-back running backs to eclipse over 100 rushing yards in two straight games, I think Gus Edwards becomes an interesting flex here. Again, no passing game work. He's going to need a touchdown to pay off, but I think he's got a good chance to get it. Last one over here, going uh, to the Eagles, who take on the Titans this week. Miles Sanders comes in as RB22 for you. Do you think Philadelphia will be able to get that great run game going against a tough Tennessee team? I don't think so. Sanders is on my hate list. I mean, like, he's outside my top – even after last week where he was awesome, he's on my hate list, outside my top 20. No running back has eclipsed 60 yards against the Titans since week three. That was Josh Jacobs. Saquon Barkley is the only running back to notch 100 rushing yards, and that was week one. Uh, you know, and so Sanders, who has competition in the backfield from Kenneth Gainwell, from Jalen Hurts, my expectation here is that the way to attack Tennessee is through the air. 
Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown very close. We've heard A.J. Brown already pop off. A.J. Brown's going to get every opportunity yes. to have a big game this week. Yeah, big spot for the Eagles wide receivers here, Corrine. Are you buying into both, not just A.J. Brown, because obviously everybody's playing A.J. Brown, but Devontae Smith, who's kind of been on this roller coaster great, this year. Great spot for Devontae Smith, great spot for A.J. Brown. One thing I really like about the Eagles is like they don't have an offensive philosophy that they commit to each and every week, and we're going to play our way. They actually change their approach based on the game plan. We saw them against the Steelers go very pass-heavy, and that makes a lot of sense in that matchup. I think they're not going to just slam Miles Sanders into the line any more than they need to. They're going to be attacking this defense downfield, which is where it's weaker. Devontae Smith has seen a ton of targets since Dallas Goddard's been out. I think he's very safe. A.J. Brown, potential for a monster game. Yeah, as you saw, Tennessee's defense has been a uh, giving a fantasy fiesta, as Jay Croucher has said on this always, show, always to the Eagles wide receivers. By the way, tweet just came in from our old friend Josh Norris, Roto World alumnus, does a great job. Uh, your clip is already out of Pacheco. Oh. And it says, the offbeat clapping really makes this Connor J. Rogers, <laughs> Matthew Barry, TMR. So there you go. You gave me the When I started the clap, Barry did look at me like, uh-oh, we need to, we need to be on pace together. Right, exactly. And we found it. We found it a little bit. We're not, the band. Not to We're his, the band. But you're right. Not with, I don't know. The, We're I think we found, we found yes. pace with ourselves, yes. not necessarily the clap. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Yeah, That's like him. Oh, yeah. yeah, screw him. But whatever, we figured it out. We got into a rhythm. Yeah, yeah you, you, a little song, whatever. You do that. <laughs> but anyway, one, one more break. You, no, pre, appreciate you noticing, Josh Norris. We love you. Yes, we do. One more break, and one more we're back. It is time for Last Call. We are picking our weekend winners. Be sure to check out our new Sunday show, Fantasy Football Pregame at 11 a.m. live on Peacock. It's a one-stop shop for your NFL fantasy and betting needs. Get your sit-star questions answered using the hashtag FFPregame. Fellas, it's time for Last Call. Yeah. We are looking for our weekend winners as we always do on Flex Fridays. Pat, who do you like this weekend? A.J. Brown, he's got the revenge game narrative. It also, just the game sets up so well for downfield passing, over the middle passing, which he excels in. Uh, Johnny notes that the most bet uh, prop on MGM is his over receiving yards, but I really like his over on the longest reception of the game, which is 25 and a half. He's hit that in six of 11 games, and I think the Eagles are going to attack downfield. Yeah, A.J. Brown's going to be running angry. I'm going to give some love to the underdogs this week, guys. I like Vegas to upset the Chargers, and I like the Bengals to upset the Chiefs. Both are underdogs by about three points. So if you're looking for an underdog money line bet, Raiders and Bengals are the way to go. Barry, what are you closing us out with? My kid, my 18-year-old, he's, uh, he's part of the Cheshire Rams, the number, four, the number eight team in the state. They play the number four team in the state, New Canaan. They, they upset Number one, St. Joe's last week. I wrote about it in my love-hate column as well. They play New Canaan on Sunday. My weekend winners are the Cheshire Rams. Cheshire Let's Rams, Rams football. Let's, Let's go. go, Rams. Let's beat New Canaan. Let's beat New Canaan's a tough team. New Canaan's a tough team, but I think Cheshire is up to it. No one gave them a chance against St. Joe's, and they beat St. Joe's. So let's go Cheshire Rams. They're the weekend winners. And you know who's a real weekend winner is me because I'm going to get to watch my kid play in a high school playoff game. Look, it's closing time, guys, so you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. So for Pat Crane, Isaiah Pacheco's song, uh, Connor Rogers, I'm Matthew Barry. Thank you so much for watching. Good luck in Week 13. We'll see you Sunday morning. Peace out. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.